This is Goals with Soul, a podcast for visionary coaches and entrepreneurs, building your business with inspired action. In alignment with your mission and authentic message, so you can create impact for your soul clients and feel lit up every day. I'm your host, Joe Ingram, married mum of three daughters from London and a former ad agency director turned business coach and strategist. In Goals with Soul, we blend revenue generation with energetics, marketing strategies with pranic healing, and ambitious business goals with our soul's desires. If you're looking to build your business with less efforting and more ease, this is the podcast for you. Let's dive in. Welcome to Goals with Soul. I'm Jo Ingram, and when I started my coaching business, I remember distinctly thinking that it was hard to get clients because I had such a tiny audience. In Instagram, I had only a handful that were friends and people I'd been with in programs previously. I was trying to build an audience in LinkedIn, but really struggling with that. I remember feeling quite desperate in that, how was I ever going to get clients if my audience was so small? And as a result, I dived into a lot of studying, reading, joining programs to get more followers on Instagram and to build an audience of more people that would be there thinking, if I could build an audience, then I'm going to have a successful business. Now, I believe now that Building a business does not hinge solely or even at all on just the size of your audience. Yes, when you have a massive audience, there are absolute advantages. But that's assuming that if you only have a small audience, you can't build a thriving business. Now, I'm so excited because my guest today talks exactly to this point. Ina Coveney is a business coach and the host of the Global Phenomenon podcast. She helps up-and-coming online coaches monetize their tiny audience through organic lead generation strategies before they invest time and money in audience growth. Ina reached six figures in her business before ever cracking a 1,000 followers on any of her platforms, and her mission is to help coaches do the same. Now, so many of her strategies are things that ring true for me. I was super, super happy that she agreed to come on the podcast with me and be interviewed to share not only her strategies, but the things that she believes not only are going to help you, but she has proven it time and time again that simple engagement strategies are enough, if done well, to actually produce a thriving six-figure business. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to Goals with Solina. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. Oh, such a delight. And I'm really excited to have you on the show because you've been in my crosshairs for a while, ever since you started coming onto my radar, talking about monetizing tiny audiences. So I just want to dive straight in. Tell us what that's all about. Let's first start by saying that I didn't wake up one day and decide to teach people how to monetize a tiny audience. Okay. I, that's not something anybody thinks about. Everybody just wants to grow their audience because that's what's sexy. That's what everybody's talking about. That's what we all want in the online world is to get a big following. That's why we're doing this. Right. So I, I woke up one day, decided to quit my job. Uh, it was a little bit more dramatic than that. But when I finally did, um, I had the same goals as everybody else. I wanted to increase my, the size of my audience so that I could sell them something to, to possibly have the passive income and live a life of a perpetual vacation, right? Mm. That, that's what we all want. That's what we all think the online world should be about. But uh, something happened in the first three years of my business that was, I was not completely aware of it until I looked back and saw what mess I'd gotten myself into. It wasn't until like three years later that I look back and I realize, oh, wait a minute, why do I have so much debt? Like, where did my money go? Number two, I know I made money. Wait a minute. I reached six figures within the first two years, like, like within the first like 18 months of having my first client, I reached six figures. I'm like, I know I've been making money. Where did it go? Why am I in so much debt? So when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, all I've been doing is trying to chase that audience growth factor. I was investing, like I did this one time and I never did it again. I invested in an agency for Facebook ads. Now, 
Facebook ads work at a certain point in your journey, it is not the first thing you start with. Like Facebook doesn't have enough information about your content and about who likes your content to really be useful in drawing more of that same person. Okay. So that's something I did. The first thing in my, in my first year was let's invest some money in Facebook ads. Oh, that didn't work. Let's invest in a course to grow with YouTube. Oh, I, I only cracked the first two modules and I'm still not making bank. Okay, what else can I learn? This is this is interesting. Like just, just pausing there just for a second because some of the things you're reeling off, I'm really familiar with. This idea that when yeah. you first get into the business, you have to grow your audience. And in fact, the right. number one reason that my clients and most people I speak with cite as the reason they are not succeeding yet or not reaching their money goals is I don't have a big enough audience. And they completely go, right, I need to grow on Instagram. I need to get more followers. And it becomes this cycle of what can I do to, to get more followers? But of course, they're not getting sales. And I myself right. fell into that. So like, right. how, how do you like reconcile those two things? So first of all, what's the realization, right? That on one side, I'm making money. And on the other side, I'm losing money. Like all of my investments that were supposed to be strategic to grow the audience were not working. And in fact, we're just getting me deeper into that. So after that, after those first three years, I actually wrote a letter to my audience and I told them, I am mad. I am freaking mad at how I've been managing my business all this time and how I've been chasing this thing about audience growth when really what has been working, where I've been making money is on the audience that I already had and growing extremely slowly, growing extremely slowly. So for 2021, that was my year of like, freedom where I said, I am done dropping money and trying to grow the audience. I'm letting go. In fact, I started a brand new Instagram account. I started from zero. I'm like to prove, you know what? It's not the number of followers because I had 750. I think I had just reached a thousand followers in my other Instagram account that took me so long to grow, but there was no engagement. There was nothing going on there. Nobody knew exactly what I did because I had been growing that account even through several iterations of my business that didn't make any sense. So I'm like, I'm starting over. I'm, I'm going to quit this and start over. And that's when I started the Your Engagement Coach account. June 21st of 2021 was the first post that I made on that account, right? And I said, okay, I'm just going to focus on what matters. And what matters is to get to know the people who are following me, to turn them into leads so that I can turn them into clients. And since then, I have launched my offer, which is a program. It's called Get Clients First. I've launched that program three times in the past six months. And each time I've gotten 10 clients every single time without significantly growing my audience. So that's when I thought, okay, this actually works. This is what people should be focusing on, on growing their business rather than growing the following. Oh, so, so true. And this is like stepping into CEO territory here. It's actually being strategic <gasps> with what you're spending and what your income is and making good decisions. But I think exactly. anyone, anyone thinks, yeah, sure, that's, I get it. I, I also want to be a strategic CEO and I want to make good decisions and hell, I want to make money and I want to make impact. But everyone's stumped. It's like, how can I make money off of a few hundred followers? It can't be done. You must hear that more than once, right? Oh my God. Yes. I actually had a client who told me and this, I hear all the time. And it's like a dog whistle to me. I'm like, I know what I'm hearing and I know what you're saying, but it, it's not the same. What I hear and what you're saying is not the same. Uh, when they tell me, Arina, I don't believe that my ideal client is in my audience. And I'm like, and I ask him, I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. Right. Because I hear that all the time. I'm like, I ask her, how do you know? Because when I post, nobody engages. Right. That's like the proof is that I have been posting every day for six months and nobody's engaging with my content. That's how I know that my ideal client is not there. Okay, let's start from basic. Is it, is it possible that what you have is not a mismatch problem, right? It's not that your ideal client is not there, but it's the fact that you have an engagement problem. Is it possible that you're just not engaging enough? Because if there's one thing that I teach is that engagement is not something that you wait for is something that you control. So when somebody tells me nobody's engaging with my content, to me, that's whining. 
To me, that's putting control in somebody else's hand. You know what? You can't do force somebody's hand or somebody's thumb to like your post. You can't do that. You have no control over whether people are going to do that or not. What do you have control over? I control how many of my followers I'm going to get to know this week. And I'm going to go and find out if in my follower list, my client is there. I'm going to go and take the reins of that. So when I, I was talking to my clients, I'm like, okay, let me prove something to you. Okay. Give me your account. And I went to her account. And I was like, I thought it was going to be fewer followers. I thought it was going to be like you said, like, you know, like 320 followers. She had 2,500 followers. And I'm like, are you telling me that none of these people that you know for a fact that none of these 2,500 people need you? That's what you're telling me. You're, you're, you're putting your foot down and telling me and nobody. And she's like, well, I don't actually know. That's your problem. It's not that they're not there. It's that you don't even know. So we started going through her followers. I'm like, okay, let me grab 10. Let me just just skim off the top. Just like, let me grab 10 of your followers and let's look at them. Half of them were nothing. Were like bots or accounts or um, companies or whatever. Like we all have those. And then the other ones were like, is this person a mom, right? We started going through her ideal client. Is this person a mom? Is this person someone you feel like you could help? Is this somebody you want to get to know? Yes, yes, yes. Great. Let's talk to them and see what happens. But I never want to hear anybody who's hearing my voice right now. I would never want to hear, number one, that your ideal audience must not be in your follower list because they're not engaging with you. Because that's just a story you're telling yourself. There's a different problem happening there. And the second thing is, but Ina, nobody's engaging with my content and therefore I'm throwing my hands up in the air and I don't know what to do. It's time to take the reins and you start engaging yourself. Well, this is a really interesting thing because you've said the word engagement a lot of times and we all think we know what engagement is. But oftentimes, and I know that you're particularly active in Instagram and Instagram is well known as a place that people are running multi-million dollar businesses from that people think that Instagram is content or indeed any social media. It's like, what's my job when it comes to my social media account? It's about being consistent and posting content every single day. And I have seen this and experienced it myself as one of the biggest time-wasting things you can do because you just keep putting stuff out there. But if you're not working the algorithm and, and doing certain things, very few eyes are actually getting on the content and you're not getting clients. If there's no sales coming, then really what's the purpose? And I just I just want to say one thing here, which I don't know whether this is contrary to what you say, Ina, I'd be really interested, but I am aware that there are lurkers out there. And sometimes mm. we can put good content out and not get any engagement and not have people responding. And yet there are people who are really, really interested and they jump onto discovery calls. And they're the people that we say, I have no idea where they came from. They came out of thin air. We manifested them, but they were probably lurking on your content for a while. So I would never suggest that you don't bother with content. What do you think? For me, and actually, I'm going to show this to you if anybody's watching the video version, because I know this is a podcast, I'm going to describe to you what I'm doing. There is concept of a sales coin, and I have it in my hand. It's a little coin that I create, right? That has two sides. If you want to sell something online, on one side, you have engagement, which is what I just talked about, getting to know the people who are there, finding out what their problems are, and figure out if you can help them. The other side that you absolutely need to make a sale is content. Now, here is where the problem lies in the fact that you said that Instagram is a content place and I should be posting all the time and I should be trusting that that content is getting somewhere and that content should be doing the work for me. That's where we get into trouble because without the engagement part, you're not going anywhere. With the engagement, without content, you're not going anywhere. So I don't know if you've ever noticed, because this is something I noticed right away, that as soon as you follow someone, try this. I want you to like do a little experiment right now. Go on Instagram, follow someone, and then go back to your main feed. What is the first post that appears? And what is the first story bubble that appears in your feed now? I promise you it's going to be that person that you just followed. Okay. Instagram knows who is talking to whom. 
Instagram knows if you're having conversations, if Ina and Joe are engaged in conversation, it must be that Ina and Joe are friends. So when Ina goes to her feed, I'm going to show her Joe's stuff because they're just talking about it. She might be interested in it. Without the engagement, your content is not going anywhere. I could be posting all day long and still not get sales because I'm not talking to anyone. So my content is not being seen by anyone. Now, you were just talking about lurkers. I love lurkers. Lurkers support this, okay? The fact that people are not engaging with you doesn't mean that they're not interested. It doesn't mean that they're not there. They could be there and they could be watching, just not engaging. So it further supports the, the, the message, my statement that your ideal client could still be in your followers. So in a way, what you're saying is, is that content might be the primary piece and sales might be the objective, but the piece that joins the two together has got to be the engagement piece. The way that I see it, that's one way to look at it. The way that I see it is that engagement and content have equal weight in that equation. It's not like content is king and content will get you sales, but the only thing you need is engagement. No, you need both equally content and engagement. And those two together equal sales. Amazing. So tell us more about how engagement works for you and what you recommend. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what people normally think of engagement, right? Whenever you hear somebody ask you, how's your engagement? Immediately, you're going to think, okay, how many likes my post is getting? How many comments my post is getting? How many shares my post is getting? How many saves? That's immediately where our brain goes. I'm going to invite you to stop thinking of it in those terms, because in reality, the comments, the likes, the shares, they may be feeding the algorithm. They may help you in visibility, right? Which is why I'm totally cool with posting something and then getting six bots comment on it. I'm like, hey, I welcome the abundance. This gets me more more views. Wonderful. I reply to every single comment with an emoji. I just got double the comments. Like, that's great. That's like a little algorithm hack. But that's not where I'm spending my time. Okay. That kind of engagement, it doesn't really mean much. What means a lot to get clients with a small audience is to get to know your people. It's not how many comments you're getting. So if I do get a comment, right? Because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening, they're like, you know, you know, people are not engaging with my content. So I'm not even getting a comment to talk to, right? Well, if you start engaging with people, I promise you, people are going to start to engage with you. Okay. So let's suppose that I started engaging with Joe and she saw my latest reel. She posted a comment, right? So yeah, I'm going to comment back, but that's not enough. That's not the kind of engagement I'm talking about. The kind of engagement you should be thinking of is the kind of engagement that you can control. So I'm going to go because Joe gave me a really, really insightful uh, comment saying like, oh my God, this is me, or I wish I could do this, right? Like something that reveals something about her. This is my opportunity to go and get to know her better. She just gave me an opening. She just gave, she just gave me a trigger to further engagement. So I can go and send Joe a message and say, hey, I just saw your comment on this reel. Ha ha. Yeah. You know, I, I do this all the time. Like, and you and Joe will respond because now we're in a happy conversation, right? One thing that I would warn everyone about is that when I talk about engagement in the DMs, I do not mean cold pitching. I am not going to go just because Joe said, oh my God, this is something that I do too. Just because of that, I'm not going to go to her DMs and say, hi, Joe, thank you for liking my content. I love talking to like-minded entrepreneurs out there. So I am teaching a class next week and I saw that you're also a coach. Why don't you come to my class? Here's the link. I'll see you there. Hey, Ina, have you been looking inside my DMs? Because I reckon right? I've had a few of those. <laughs> I get those all the time. And at first I used to engage with them because I'll engage with anybody. At first I used to engage with them like, oh, thanks. I can't make it. But how long have you been in business? Right? Like I you know, start just a conversation. But inevitably, every time somebody tried to pitch me something right off the bat and they saw that I wasn't going to attend their masterclass or join their Facebook group or sign up for their freebie, they would just drop the conversation. They're like, ah, okay, this person is not going to sign up. I'm going to move on to the next person. So we've all been trained that DMing someone out of the blue is icky. 
And you know what? It is. Every time that I get something out of the blue from someone, I love to engage with like-minded entrepreneurs. I'm like, okay, where's the pitch, right? Like, just give it to me. Just tell me what the pitch is so I can move on with my life, right? So we don't want to be that. That's not what, and, and that is kind of what stops us even from starting the M conversations because we feel like I don't like it when people do it to me, so I'm not going to do it to others. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a great example of a wonderful way to break the ice, okay? Because that this is the kind of conversation I want you to get into, not the kind of conversation that you know, you're going to be pitching, at, pitching to people because that's not going to get you anywhere in terms of relationships. I'm going to give you a great example. Um, I saw someone, I was in a program and somebody was getting featured. She was getting a hot seat by the host or whatever. You know, she seemed nice. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could, you know, go and chat with her. But I don't have an in yet. I don't have a reason to message her. I don't want to message her out of the blue because it's going to feel like that. Where is the pitch? Right. So I realized that she was a doula. And I was just thinking about her. You know, a doula is somebody who is a labor coach, is somebody who helps women through their labor. Uh, I saw she was a doula. I'm like, okay, I'm just thinking about it. That same day, I went to a restaurant to pick up my food and I saw a car, a BMW with the license plate doula. So I took a picture of it and I sent it to her. I told her, hi, we're in the same program. I saw your hot seat, looked great. And by the way, I just saw this and it made me think of you. She is not thinking, okay, where is the pitch? She is tickled pink at the fact that there is a BMW out there with a license plate to land that I thought of her. Like, that's it. That's how we started the conversation. I'm not here telling you, oh, and she turned into a client. No, she didn't. I'm just telling you, there are ways for you to start conversations in a way that feels really, really genuine to you. And in a way that the other person is not going to feel like you're about to jump into a pitch. So that's what I mean with genuine engagement. I love that. I love that. But I must admit, it's piqued my curiosity because when we talk about monetizing tiny audiences, we're talking about the transition from that first conversation and getting to know your audience to a point where, you know, you managed to monetize six figures from a tiny, teeny audience. And I'm sure everybody would like to manifest a proportion of that from such a small audience. So like, how do you transition from being really friendly, really natural, and really starting to get to know your audience to a point where they become happy clients? That's where your content comes in. I don't go from the DMs to the sale. I don't go from hello to come to my masterclass. For me to say in the DMs, hey, come to my masterclass, we must have already discussed that topic. And you must have already told me this is something you need help with. Okay. It's got to make sense. It can't be just me assuming and me wanting you as a client. It's got to come from you that this is something you need. And I've gotten many people tell me, oh my God, thank you so much for sending me that link because it's exactly what I needed. But it's not because I did it out of the blue. It's because we were engaged in conversation talking about this. And this seemed like the first, like the most logical next step for you. If it doesn't seem like the next logical step for you, I am not inviting you to my masterclass on the DMs, period, period. I'm just not doing that. Content comes in. So remember how we were talking earlier that if you follow someone, you start to see their content. That works when you're having DM conversations. You start to see more of their content because Instagram knows. So if you're doing your engagement right, your content is going to be more visible, especially because when you're talking to someone, they're going to click on your profile and they're going to see what your bio looks like. They're going to see your call to action. So if your content is top notch and you are not shying away from making offers, those can turn into clients. It's never a guarantee. You do have to get creative, which is super fun. Like for example, this week I decided to get creative. I'm doing the pre-sale for my program. And I decided that anybody in the wait list is going to get a sneak peek at my coaching call with my clients this week. And I told all of my clients, hey, this Thursday is bring your friends to the coaching call day, right? And this is in preparation for the launch. So you do have to get crafty with making invitations, but always be making invitations. If you're not talking about your offers, then you're not going to get clients. I was having this conversation with my husband because at some point in early 2021, 
I went and I told my husband, you know, honey, I didn't make any money this month, like any new money. I was getting like paid plans and things like that, but I didn't like make any new money. And I told him, you know, I didn't make any money this month, but I know why, because I didn't sell anything. So I want you to really think about that statement. Did you sell something? It's not, oh, nobody bought it. Are you informing everyone of the value that you bring? And are you talking to the right people to see if they need you? If they are not aware of it, they're not going to buy. If you're not talking enough about it, they're not going to infer it from your content. So true. They're not just going to look at your content and come up with it on their own and be like, oh, Ina talks about monetizing tiny audiences. Maybe she can help me monetize mine. No, there's got to be something that I put on the table that they can grab onto. If I don't do that, they're going to go get my ideas, right? Oh my God, Ina said that I need to do all these things. And there's going to be another coach with an offer out there that talks about this and they're going to go and buy that. And then come back and tell me, Ina, thank you so much for opening my mind. I just went to work with that other coach. Thank you. I'm like, ah, why? What happened? Because my offer was not out there for them to take. Such, such golden information. And I know from my own journey through at the beginning of being a coach that I wasn't making offers because everybody feels icky. Everybody feels at the start that, you know, it's cool. I'm here. I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. I'm here to add value. And the point at which we start saying, well, here's my program. Here's my coaching package. Here's what I do. Here's how I can help. And it costs this amount. Everybody at the beginning goes, ooh, ooh, I'm not sure how to do it. And there's so many pieces of the puzzle that you have to get in place. And, you know, I specialize in the messaging piece. I specialize on the Mm -hmm. piece that when they're writing content, when we're writing those pieces, actually expressing who we are and making it that people actually resonate with us, that when we get to that point of engagement and they look at us at our profile and what we talk about, they're like, that's someone I want to be around. That's someone who I can relate to. They're resonating with me, that idea of being magnetic. But there's all these other pieces. And the piece that you're talking about is so interesting to me, this engagement piece. But I do know one thing that causes a lot of resistance. And uh, I'm, I'm coming from truth here, my own vulnerability, but that of many people I work with too, which is, oh my God, but doesn't that take a lot of time? And what would I say? And like, I get it. I want to do the engagement. I want to be friends with my followers and do all the stuff. But eek, who's got the time to do all of that? And I wouldn't know what to say anyway. So like, do, I bet you get that come up quite frequently, right? Yes, it takes time. How much time are you spending writing your content? How much time are you spending creating reels? How much time are you spending showing up on stories? Why is that time more important than the engagement piece? And that's really what I want everybody to understand at the end of this, is that if you are posting all the time and you're still not getting recurring clients, ask yourself, are you giving the same amount of time and effort to the engagement part of that sales coin? Because if you're not, there is your answer. Yes, It takes time. And if you're asking yourself, well, how am I supposed to keep up all of the content that I need to write that I'm doing right now? How am I supposed to keep all that up and also do engagement? Well, you're a person with limited time, just like everybody else. Right now, you're spending 100% of your time on content. You're going to have to cut that in half and spend the other half doing engagement. And I'm going to tell you, it's not like it's not like it's easy. It's not like it's the you know most fun thing to do because anytime that you make something a task, it becomes a job, right? Uh, this is true. Like even if you love making reels, I love making reels, but the fact that I have to do them on Wednesdays makes me self-sabotage, makes me want to look at Wednesdays and say, no, I prefer to do something else and then not get my reels done. No matter how fun making reels can be, I'm just going to be like, I just don't want to do it because it, it becomes a job. It's the same thing is going to happen with engagement. It's going to become a job. It's going to become a thing that you need to do. And you're going to have to start balancing your mindset and really understanding that, yes, it's important, but just like anything, if you do it too much, you're going to burn out, right? So you got to start small. Focus not just on how much engagement you're doing, but to focus on creating the habit of engaging. If you just focus on the habit, 
like just habit forming pieces every single day until six months down the line, you're going to be in a much better spot with engagement than if you just took this podcast and you said engagement 15 minutes every day for the rest of my life. Good luck. I give you until the end of next week. Okay. Don't do that to yourself. Focus on establishing the habit. And if you have to like at, at the end of this podcast episode, go to another podcast, like, like search for creating habits, like learn from whoever you need to <laughs> learn about creating habits. So engagement, I do recommend that you set a timer because I, I spent, I was sick one day and I spent like six hours doing just engagement because I'm like, I was sick and I didn't want to do anything. I couldn't create content. I'm just going to do engagement. I ended up doing it for like six and a half hours that day. It doesn't end. Even after the six and a half hours, I didn't finish going through my list. I didn't finish saying all the things that I wanted to say and starting the conversations I wanted to start. It never ends. So anything you can do to establish a little bit of a habit every single day and set a timer. And I didn't mean to say, hang up on this podcast and go listen to something else. That's not what I meant to say. I meant to say that there, there are people who actually just teach habits, you know, like, like this is a thing. Habit forming is going to be important for engagement, but stay with Joe's podcast. That's, that's not what I meant to say. (laughs) No, it's all good. Habits are super, super important for nearly everything that we have to do consistently in our business. And if we can create simple habits of 15 minutes a day to start with and doing our engagement, what engagement would you say has extra bang for its buck? Because you mentioned earlier that, you know, commenting on what people have said on your own posts is obviously a great thing to do and very friendly, but it's not all there is to do. And if you've only got a few minutes and you're just going to start somewhere, what are the lesser known tricks to engagement that we could be doing first? I love this question because there's a million ways to engage. So you have to think about what is your goal when you're engaging. And I know that you're thinking, okay, the goal is to sign clients, right? Like that's the whole reason we're doing all of this. I want you to bring that goal down a couple notches, okay? Your goal is not to get every follower to become a client. Your goal is going to be to get to know someone more personally, okay? It's not to sign them as a client. It's not to figure out if they're going to be a great collaborator. It's not to buy their stuff. Like None of that. Your goal is just to get to know them a little better, okay? So for that, the best bang for your buck is going to be if you have already like a litmus test of who could be your ideal client. When I look at an account at somebody's feed, um, there are a couple things that I'm looking for, for somebody who would be my ideal client. Um, Are they a coach? Do they have an audience that is fewer than a thousand followers? Are they posting consistently? Do they put themselves out there? Like they've already kind of broken through that barrier and they're really just like trying to get clients. Like that's somebody that I could look at and be like, potential client material, understanding that I don't know if this person is my ideal client. And I will not know that until I get to know them better. Because it's very possible that this person just has 800 followers on Instagram, but they have 100,000 connections on LinkedIn because that's where they spend all their time. So where do I get off calling them a tiny audience entrepreneur? right? That's not my place. It's not for me to determine that. So I go into every conversation with a very open mind. Okay. That's why I don't suggest pitching on the DMs because I don't know the entire story until they tell me that this is something they're struggling with. I'm not even going to bring it up. So I would encourage you to take a look at, like, just grab the top 20 followers, the latest people who have followed you, remove, like put them on a list, remove anybody who does not seem to be your ideal client. And what are you left with? Maybe you'll be left with one or two accounts that you feel like, "Hmm, this is somebody I could get to know. Look at their feed, look at their stories and start interacting with them. Okay. You don't even have to follow them back. All right. I firmly believe that when I follow someone, I'm not expecting a follow back. And I expect everybody else to feel that same way. If somebody ever feels like, hey, I followed you, therefore you should be following me. That is not how it should be. That is not good 
Instagram etiquette. I follow whoever I want to follow and you don't get to tell me to do it, to do otherwise. I've actually had clients that when I go check out their feed and I go check out their, their bio to give them feedback, I realize I'm not even following them. They've never gotten mad about it because our relationship got, goes much deeper than that, right? I don't follow somebody just because they follow me. I have my own rules for following. You should have your own rules for following. So take those two people that you narrowed it down to and start looking at their content. How do you feel about their content? Are you interested in it? Can you like it? Can you comment meaningfully? Can you check their stories and participate in their polls? You know how happy it makes me when somebody participates in my polls, especially if it's somebody that I follow, right? Like that's, I'm like, oh my God, they're here, right? And just wait for an opportunity, for an opening to start a conversation. And those things happen naturally if you are engaging with our content. So if you are going to do anything for those 15 minutes is pick a couple of your followers and just start to get to know them better so that you can start talking on the DMs and create a deeper relationship with them. Interestingly, I was reading an article the other day and it was talking about the friend zone on social media and how it's very easy if you get too chatty to end up in the friend zone and get discounted as a potential coach that someone could work with. And I'm curious because you've said about chatting and finding commonalities and, you know, just being human, really. I mean, you also talked about how you qualify people to know whether you would share your workshops or your your paid offers. What's the bit in the middle? Should we all have a number of kind of set questions that we get to eventually to work out whether they are the right person? And I'm curious how you would do this. The answer is no. I teach my people to not be looking for an opportunity to jump into your topic. And this happens a lot because I have, um, and I'll tell you how it works, like how it should work, not just how it doesn't work. I'll tell you how it should work in a second. But to give you an example, I have a client who is a financial coach and she had the hardest time because she's like, how am I supposed to ask people about their personal finances, right? That's not information they're just going to share with me, share with a stranger. I'm like, you don't have to. That No, you're not on the DMs to try to drill them on whether they have a monthly budget. Who are you, right? That's not information that nobody should be asking me, right? It's, a, it's, it's the same feeling I get when somebody sends me a message and they say, I saw that you're also a coach. So what are your goals for the next 30 days? I'm like, I'm not telling you, right? No, that's that's my information. And I don't, who are you? Would you like to introduce yourself first? Like, what what makes you think that you're entitled to my time just because you're in my DMs? No, right? That's why we start very warm. We, we just keep up conversations. What helps you in getting out of what you're calling like the friend zone is your content, is your offers, is not slacking, not becoming, not, not getting into the friend zone with your content. Your content, your feed is your own. Nobody can come and tell you, I don't like it that you posted about your offer three times in a row. That's my feed. <laughs> if you have any issues, mind your own feed. Maybe you don't post three times in a row about your offer. And I'm going to give you like a really clear example of this. I was doing engagement, right? I was looking through my followers and I saw somebody and actually she had, she no longer followed me. I keep track of these things. I'm the engagement coach, right? Like, engagement is like my thing. I like I'm, I'm like turbo speed with uh, with engagement. So I keep track of everybody who ever follows me. Uh, even if they've stopped following me, I, I have a whole list of anybody who has ever followed me. And I was going through that and I saw this account that they had stopped following me. And normally that would be like, okay, they're not following me anymore. So therefore, you know, we don't, we don't have anything in common anymore, right? Because I'm not about to go and, and stalk you and get into your DMs if, you're, if you already determined you don't want to follow my content, right? I leave those people alone. But in the process of looking at their feed, I noticed that they don't follow me anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, let me take a look at their who they were. Like, uh, wh who, I, don't, I don't know why I just got interested. So I went to their first feed post and it was just a quote that to this day, I still can't tell you what it was because I didn't read it. Okay. I didn't even read the quote, but I read the caption. All the caption was, is these are the three ways to work with me. Way one, way two, way three. This is what we will clear, the blocks that we will clear, clear on this meeting. This is what we're going to do. And this is what we're going to do. If you would like to have a 
uh, you know, to have a, a session, click on the link in my bio. It turned out that it was exactly what I had been looking for. So I went to her bio, I clicked, I signed up for a paid session without ever seeing her face because there wasn't a lot of her videos on her feed uh, without talking to her ever. And I went and I literally went from complete stranger to a client. Why? Because offers matter. Because people have to be able to see you in your feed as somebody who is providing a service. And when you look at her feed, she doesn't spend a lot of time on social media. But every single feed tells people, this is what I do. And this is how I can help you. And this is what you do if you would like to work with me. Like that was it. And I was sold. And now this is somebody that I work with on a month to month basis. So it is so important to not stay in the friend zone in your feed. Your feed is yours. You can do whatever you want with it. And it better be educating people on their problem and on you as a solution. You don't do that in the DMs. Absolutely brilliant answer. I think that is so true about how we perform in our content and become an authority and become credible and give value and specialize and actually have a message, be that person. So when somebody comes to that site and they have a good look around and they click on your links and they're like, I, they will know immediately whether you are somebody they want to work with now, whether this, you are somebody that are in their sites to work with in the future, or if you're totally irrelevant to them. And that's what you want is the attract, repel, just get to know me or, or move on if I'm not for you. Right. But if I am for you, then we're going to have a conversation. Yeah. We're going to work together. You can... I mean, the great thing, both you and I have a podcast. So many people now are finding this long form content, whether that be video series or blogs and giving value and there are places to interact and get that know, like, and trust. Yeah. But also what I love about everything you shared with us today is that it's a way to take it to the next level, to actually be in conversation. And I love the fact that you don't need to have a large audience. There's no excuses. It's like, and how how do you, like, even at the very beginning, I remember I've asked you this once before, so it's a little bit of a leading question. It's like, how can you use your network, your known network, to get those first few sales? Like, if you are a coach who hasn't yet had paying clients or very few, what's the way that you've found your tiny audiences have actually, or clients with tiny audiences, have created those first few sales that have given them that confidence and got them off to the races? The first step is to actually write down who those people could be, not to send out a blast email to everybody you know, not to post on LinkedIn and then cross your hands and then just wait for introductions to roll in. You identify the people personally. So sit down and every single one of my clients has been able to do this is sit down and write the names of five to 10 people that you know personally that you feel like you could help with something. The next thing you're going to do is actually talk to them. Is tell them, hey, I have the feeling that you have this problem. I have the feeling that I can help you with it. Is this something that you're interested in doing with me? Some of my clients have gotten into trades. Some of my clients have gotten into just providing a really short, free experience just to get them out there helping someone, right? Um, and I, you know, I don't, I, if you have had clients don't work for free. You've already validated that what you have has value and that people will want it and it's time to raise your prices. But if you've never had a client before, it's going to help you to have a testimonial. It's going to help you to have the confidence that you can actually help someone. And I am not uh, I'm not against doing the first engagement for free. My, my, the first business that I had was making websites and I didn't know if I could do it to tell you the truth. I had just started messing around with WordPress and I'm like, mm, this is something that I feel like I have some skill for. Let me see what's up. And I went down to the local diner. I noticed that they didn't have a website and I told them like, Hey, I'll make your website for free if you want. And they said, yes, I made it, posted it on Facebook. And then I started to get referrals like ongoing referrals to make websites because apparently there is a Bermuda's triangle of webmasters. Webmasters just disappear on people. So I was getting a lot of business from people like, our webmaster just left us. Come and pick this up, right? So I'm not below like working for free for your very 
first limited engagement just to get that confidence up, to make sure that you can do it, to make sure this is something that people want and get yourself a testimonial, then you're off to the races. But the first step is to actually talk to someone who actually needs it and then ask them, okay, this is something I can help you with. Do you want to do a deal? Do you want to, you know, how much would you be able to afford? What is this worth to you? When you're getting your first client, it's not about, I need to charge what I'm worth, which is what we're hearing all the time, right? It's like, no, you need to charge what you're worth. That advice is created for people who are undercharging their services. It's not meant for people who have never done this before and who just need to get a testimonial in. That's not, that's not the advice for you. I, I'm like, work for whatever it takes for that very first engagement because you need that. You need that first step. After that, set your prices. After that, deliver that testimonial. But to me, it's, there's a whole mindset thing that we have to be aware of when we're very, very first starting. Uh, and that is that we have to allow ourselves to help others. So we can't be putting so many blocks in front of us. Oh, I love that you've talked about blocks because I was just thinking that when we're very new coaches, you leave so much money on the table because there's a fear of judgment about going out to friends and family and your known networks and talk about what you're doing now. A lot of us come out of corporate or from you know completely unrelated fields and now suddenly we're in this coaching world and many of us are in the woo-woo space or we're doing something completely brave and new. And we're a little bit nervous to go back to the people in our sort of past circles and say, hey, I'm doing this now. Do you need this service? Or perhaps you know someone who might be interested in this and you could put me in touch. And taking that step is something that I know I put off for far too long, revealing myself. And most people that I work with too feel that at the beginning, it's just not something they're comfortable with. And yet... I'm aware, particularly from listening to all of the good advice that you give, that if you can overcome that fear and put yourself out there right at the beginning, that can not only be your first clients, but it can be a source of referrals for months to come. Absolutely. And like I said, I I just want to make sure that I'm not, that you're not going to misunderstand you, the audience, you're not going to misunderstand me. You're not going to misquote me here. I'm not saying to work for free. I am saying your very first client has to be somebody that you can help at whatever cost. You just need to get that like under your belt. Once you get that in, work with a coach, figure out what is going to be your strategy to get this out. But you're going to be armed with so much confidence because you were just able to help someone who appreciated it, that you're going to know that there's something to this. If you never have that first client at whatever cost, like I'm saying, you're always going to wonder well, maybe this is not something people want. Maybe my pe- my my friends and family don't want to hear about it. Um, you know, nobody that I know actually needs this. You keep telling yourself that you're not going to get clients because you're going to keep relying on strangers finding you randomly. And that's not how you monetize a small audience. The biggest difference between monetizing a large audience and a small audience is that a small audience are people that you know. The big audience are the strangers. So if you keep acting like a large audience entrepreneur, you're going to stay in that cycle of not getting clients. You got to break through that and realize my network is here. I can help them and get creative in how you get in front of them and how you ask in what the deal should be to make it worth their while. But you got to get that first client. Otherwise, you're just going to keep posting for months and still not get any clients at all. You got to get over that first hurdle. Oh my goodness, Ina, we have covered so much ground today, but I'm going to narrow it down and invite you to please share some inspired action suggestions that we can do simply this week. Yeah. This week, take 20, like the top 20 of your followers list, who are the people, the 20 people who most recently started following you and vet them. Who looks like they could be an ideal client? And then go and check out their profile, interact with them, and then possibly start a DM conversation this week. You don't have to start a DM conversation this week, but definitely next week. All right. This week, just engage with them. Just take a look at their posts. Just make sure that they know that, hey, I'm here and I'm watching. That's all you have to do. And then next week, if you're brave, if you're bold, go and send them a message. Tell them, hey, I've really enjoyed uh, you know, catching up. By the way, this post that you just made about... Disneyland. I'm about to go to Disneyland. Hey, how were the lines? Right. Start a conversation with them. That's all you have to do this week. 
Outstanding. Thank you, Ina. And where can you be found online? Best place to find me is where I am every day of my life, which is Instagram at your engagement coach. So definitely send me a message and tell me that you heard me on this podcast so that I can go and give Joe a big, big thank you for introducing me to you. Yeah, definitely send me a DM. And you can also find Ina on her podcast, The Global Phenomenon. And I'm going to put all the links in the show notes so you can just drop in there and click. Thank you so much, Ina. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I feel like we only just scratched the surface. So um, I might have to try and entice you back before too long. That would be awesome. And actually, before I forget, there's actually one more thing that everybody can do. So I know how much everybody appreciates the fact that they need to post content, right? And that I'm here telling you, hey, you have to do this new thing that is engagement. So I decided to marry the two, content and engagement, and I created a completely free guide that has 100 engagement post ideas for you. Uh, And by the way, I painstakingly made sure that every single one of those ideas was a post that was going to get you engagement that was going to put you in the driver's seat, taking control of your engagement. So you actually can do both at the same time, create content mindfully to prepare you for engagement. And you can go and get it anytime by going to 100postideas.com. That's the number 100postideas.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ina. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. This was super fun. My heartfelt thanks to Ina for sharing her wisdom with us today. It was absolutely inspiring. And I know from experience of putting some of her practices into place that they absolutely work. So it's a great opportunity to really think about what actually moves the needle for our business and not all the things that we see and hear online as we're going through the scroll, which can lead us off in directions that take quite a lot of time and money, but actually aren't right for us at particular stages of our business. So if you are someone with a tiny audience, I hope you've taken a great deal of inspiration today. And if you're still at the point where you're not actually sure what you're going to put in your content, you've most likely got a messaging problem. If you're not clear on exactly how you show up, what it is you add, where your value really is something that your perfect soul clients are going to want and need and buy from you, it's time for you to think about actually getting those foundations in place first. I'm currently looking for two female coaches who really want to clarify their messaging so they can attract sole clients and get income and impact in the next 30 to 90 days. If that's you, please send me a message on Instagram and I can tell you a little bit about how I can help. On Instagram, you can find me on my handle at iamjo.ingram and I'll chat to you there. So have an inspired action week. Take care. Bye now.